Well, we can always use another hero, and it just might be this guy, an anonymous whistleblower who just might have the goods on Hunter Biden. So protected by Congress, by the Biden administration, by the media. Well, we found out something interesting. This whistleblower doesn't like what he's seeing. He's a senior uh, criminal investigator at the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. And Hunter has been under federal investigation for quite some time. And this whistleblower, he wants protection because he's alleging that the whole damn thing has been covered up. Wall Street Journal, thank you very much. Hunter Biden probe is being mishandled, according to the whistleblower. It reads as follows. The supervisor has details that show preferential treatment and politics improperly infecting decisions and protocols that would normally be followed by career law enforcement professionals in similar circumstances if the subject were not politically connected. And boy, is Hunter Biden politically connected or what? Connected and protected by just about everybody. Look, I know it wasn't the most um, amazing thing you've ever read, but it's a little bit of a ray of hope, right? A little bit of justice, huh? I mean, you know what they did to Donald Trump. Anybody who came out against Donald Trump, it was the most sensational story in the world. And they got the royal treatment, these whistleblowers, these uh, whatever they call themselves. These people were celebrated. And to this day, they are still profiting. Vinman, you know, the guy, uh, him, right? The chubby soldier. Uh, Vinman, even his wife got a podcast. No kidding, a podcast. And she shows up on MSNBC all because her husband came out against Trump. Well, our next guest has been traveling across the country to several swing states speaking with women about getting out the vote. Rachel Vindman joins us now. She's the co-host of the podcast entitled The Suburban Women Problem. There's a problem here, and it's called The Swamp. Are you crazy? The wife of Vindman is now a talking head. All right, now what's going to happen to our whistleblower? I just hope he doesn't get prosecuted, okay? I hope he doesn't get prosecuted. He's not getting a podcast. He's not getting a book deal. But maybe we'll all get justice. And when it comes to taxes, this guy's at the IRS. Hunter's on thin ice. And so it potentially is Joe. You know about this famous, well, should be famous text message, Hunter Biden complaining uh, to his family, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years? What an interesting statement. But don't worry, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Uh, more on Joe Biden's income in a moment. Did he declare all this stuff that Hunter gave him? So it's very rich, though. The IRS, Hunter Biden is picking on the IRS. Yes, Hunter is sending letters to the IRS demanding that his political opponents be investigated. Yes, letters have gone to the DOJ. I talked about this a couple of days ago when we first found out. The IRS and the Attorney General of Delaware. And regarding the IRS, yeah, his lawyer said, you got to start an investigation. We represent Hunter Biden, son of the president, and we request the Internal Revenue Service review the tax-exempt status of Marco Polo USA whose sole member is Garrett Ziegler, a very prominent uh, anti-Biden personality slash investigator slash genius, very good with research. The president's son is asking the IRS to look into that. That's a problem. And on this tax issue, we saw Joe Biden's taxes for 2022. His income, 579514 bucks. Uh, the bulk of that is the presidential salary, 
$400,000. Can Joe get by on this? By the way, Trump took a dollar. Remember that? Joe likes the finer things. We all know about the Corvette, the watches, the beach house, all that stuff. Uh, The answer is probably not, but he's got to play it safe because everyone should be scrutinizing this stuff. But they weren't in 2017. What happened in 2017? Well, he left the vice presidency and then it was a bonanza as far as money goes. Eleven million dollars. Can't quite figure out how he got all that money. Uh, That is the same year that uh, we know Hunter got money from China and split it up between Haley and his uncle. And I don't know. This is a lot of money. Didn't all come from that silly memoir he wrote. I can guarantee you that. So where is Joe going to get his money? And Hunter owes him half of his income. And there's a lot of income. You know, Hunter Biden is an artist these days. Yes, it's a total joke, of course. Um, But guess how much he's getting for some of these junky paintings? $500,000. We shouldn't forget this, folks. I know this was we all kind of laughed at it, but this is big business and it continues. And this is a way to get to the president. This is this is corruption. You can't let this happen. You can't have the son of the president selling this junk art. And it is junk art. Mm, mm, mm. What else? Uh, <laughs> nothing good. This is this is trash. This is junk. OK, I mean, it's fine if you got a hobby. Uh, this is how the New York Times put it. This was actually a slam. Hunter's paintings have the generic smoothness of the art you might see in a posh hotel room. Now, to an average person, that sounds okay. They must be decent. But in the art world, calling the art hotel art is about the worst thing you can possibly say. Uh, yeah. And the Biden administration really at one point tried to pull this off with a straight face by invoking the gallerist. All questions must be, must be handled by somebody called a gallerist. I'd refer you to the gallerist for questions about uh, the event. We've spoken to the specifics what the gallerist has agreed to and what uh, per, what recommendations were made. I've done that several times. I've pointed to the gallerist on uh, specifics of the restrictions that were put in place. We were very transparent about what recommendations were made to the gallerist. Uh, and I would again point to them or the many times I've spoken about that from here. Good old lunch pail working class Joe Biden from Scranton, his administration referring people to the gallerist. OK, OK. All right. Got to talk about Eric Swalwell for a moment. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Can you believe he still shows up for work after, well, the Fang Fang stuff? Anyway, he does. And he tries to lecture Republicans about supporting law enforcement, uh, anti-Semitism. He really is a shameless character. Um, Watch. But this tweet was kept up for months after Kanye West said that he was going to declare death con three on the Jews. Mr. Secretary, do you believe that all of us have a responsibility to elevate our rhetoric and to denounce anti-Semitism and anti-police rhetoric in this country so that Jewish Americans and police officers can be safer. All right. To portray himself as some sort of uh, pro-Jewish crusader. I'm sorry. And we all deplore anti-Semitism, of course. But Kanye West, anybody who ever saw a Kanye West concert or listened to a Kanye West musical or uh, I didn't do any of those things, by by the way. But are they supposed to renounce themselves and renounce all that stuff? It's ludicrous. It's a waste of time. And guess who called them out on it in spectacular fashion? Now I recognize the gentlelady from Georgia, Miss Green. 
That was quite entertaining from someone that had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy, and everyone knows it. But I moved to take her words down. Completely inappropriate. Yeah, stand by just a second. Wow. Uh, it's true, by the way. That's a statement of fact. He hooked up with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Uh, now, I'm not, I don't think Eric Swalwell actually knew it. I'm not accusing him of espionage, but potentially he compromised national security. Who knows what she was doing when Swalwell was asleep? They try to shame her. You have to take that back. Oh, how can you say that? Oh, you can't say that, can you? You can't speak the truth, can you? The chair uh, recognizes the gentlelady from Georgia and asks if she would like to retract those words. No, I will not. Good for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Remember, uh, Swalwell just said that Republicans are in favor of anti-Semitism, don't support law enforcement, all these all these silly games. Shame on him and good for Marjorie Taylor Greene. All right. You know, we lost in Afghanistan. We lost a war in Afghanistan, and we're still, still living with the ramifications. They are global. The world is a far more dangerous place. I said this earlier this week. Uh, people should have lost their jobs but did not, like the Secretary of Defense, like the National Security Advisor, all these guys. They are, they are still on the job. Well, at least some parts of government still function. Now, there is an inspector general that has been looking into our defeat in Afghanistan, the disastrous pullout, and he's frustrated. He released a devastating report, and he's saying the Biden administration did not cooperate. Unfortunately, as I sit here today, I cannot assure this committee or the American taxpayer we are not currently funding the Taliban. We are currently funding the Taliban. The Taliban, remember, the Taliban are running Afghanistan. They are in charge just like they were before September 11, 2001, just like they were then. And oh, by the way, for six weeks after um, September 11th, because George W. Bush was really slow in reacting. More from the IG. The lack of cooperation by state, and I'm not talking about the IGs. I'm talking about the Department of State and, to a lesser extent, USAID, is unprecedented in the nearly 12 years that I have been the cigar. And, and it, I must add, in the two decades that I did congressional oversight, both in the Senate and the House, due to this refusal to fully cooperate, a significant portion of cigar's work, including the, two report, the five reports we did for this committee, have been hindered and delayed. Well, that's bureaucratic talk for the Biden administration screwed us. The Biden administration does not want the truth known. And let's go through some of the tidbits, shall we? The United States had no business trying to train the Afghan military. That was a disaster that went on for almost 20 years. The Taliban is using millions of weapons that we left behind. That's on Joe. And the same thing can happen in Ukraine. We have so many weapons over there. Not all of them are accounted for. Easily could fall into the hands of the terrorists like the man pads. These things are very deadly terrorist tool. Very easy to use to shoot down commercial airliners. So much of this stuff is just rolling around in Ukraine. And oh, by the way, 
the Russians went into Ukraine, we believe, because of our defeat in Afghanistan. And Putin would not have invaded if Trump were president. 62% of Americans agree with that. It's amazing. The president, what he does, his decisions, there are huge ramifications. It's obvious, but man, what a reminder, huh? Things happen and history has changed. A man dies in Minnesota, George Floyd, and we are still living with the overreaction to this individual's death. Yeah, I don't like what the cops did. I also don't like that the manual of the Minneapolis Police Department said you could do it for some crazy reason, but it did. I think that the overreaction actually led to this cop getting hit in the head in Harlem all these years later, right? The resentment of law enforcement. How about this young girl getting beaten up on the street in Chicago? I think something, I don't think this would have happened had it not been for the overreaction, the total disintegration almost of society in the wake of George Floyd and me on the way to work. I'm still personally living with the, the, the aftermath. This man, I haven't seen this too much, but when I do, it totally blows me away. Smoking marijuana on a train. And that's what you do now. That's kind of okay. So with all this crazy stuff, let's hope that this very courageous whistleblower can tell his story and not be hassled and not be prosecuted. He doesn't need a podcast. We just need to hear his story and the Bidens need to be held accountable. I'll be right back. School in America. You know, at one point, our education system was really the envy of the world, the standardization, the advanced teaching uh, methods. And some schools were better than others, but we were all basically on the same page, you know? America, generally speaking, a force for good. Our founding fathers, good, very wise people, maybe even divine providence that they were all here at the same time. That's not being taught anymore. And those arriving in this country, well, they have no obligation whatsoever to adopt our values, to assimilate. That's not being encouraged at all. And if they should find themselves in school, they'll be exposed to a very corrupt curriculum. Some of the biggest textbooks in the country, like Synage Learning, uh, Cengage it is, most popular AP U.S. history book, fourth largest textbook publisher, lots of money. Okay, let's go through these. There are a bunch, and they are teaching some rotten, wrong things about America. Macmillan Learning, look at that. These are giants. W.W. Norton, largest independent publisher, a quarter of a billion in revenue. Look at some of the garbage that we found. Actually, Greg Price, a great conservative journalist, found in their textbooks. Let's go through it, please. Number one, take Donald Trump's victory. Uh, boy, oh boy, it shocked the world. And it apparently it infuriated the people who write textbooks. Look at what's in these textbooks now. In this very uh, prominent textbook manufacturer, distributor, to the utter astonishment of almost all pundits and prognosticators. Well, that's true. The thrice married former Democrat, very harsh. A sexual predator, are you kidding me? <laughs> Became the oldest person, richest person. I mean, this is horrendously horrendously biased. And what about Joe Biden? The day he became president. Oh, the textbook uh, authors thought that was a, a very beautiful thing. Let's go through what they had to say about that. No sooner was Biden inaugurated than he began fulfilling his pledge to be 
a quite different leader than Donald Trump. Hmm. His efforts to dampen the political combat bore fruit early in his presidency. As he made efforts to reach out to Republican opponents, the economy was surging again. Uh, biased and wrong, absolutely wrong about reaching out. I wonder, I guess they did not see the Joe Biden horrendously angry at MAGA speech in Philadelphia last Labor Day. And here's one that really bothers me. The whole Charlottesville lie thing that's made its way into the history books, into the history books. Trump's refusal in 2017 to condemn a white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, during which a young female protester was killed, also caused alarm. This is the this is the Charlottesville lie. Oh, by the way. It is acceptable in America still to support the statue of our Civil War uh, generals, be they Union or Confederate, including Robert E. Lee. You can be a good person and not want to see these things taken down. You can also be a good person and want them to be taken down. But they never gave Trump credit for actually saying something quite reasonable. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. It's true, and it's amazing. He condemned white supremacy out loud, and they all ignored it, including Joe Biden. And if you listen to this, Joe Biden's, um, I guess this was his campaign announcement. He based his entire presidency on the Charlottesville lie. That's when we heard the words of the president of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides. In that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. No, you liar. He condemned white supremacy, and you lie about it in the media cover for you. And uh, by the way, there are some people who actually don't even know that President Trump condemned white supremacy and uh, the skinheads because they were never told. They were never shown that footage. Kind of amazing. All right. I'd like to uh, take a look at Congressman Jeff Jackson. All right. He's a Democrat of North Carolina. I'm actually going to call him Congressman Nobody. Uh, he really wants to be somebody, but I think he's a nobody because I don't like the way he talks about his political adversaries, people on the other side of the aisle. Uh, this video went semi-viral today. Take a look. I'm still brand new to Congress. I've only been there 100 days. And I don't know if I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but it's true and important. And if you don't know this, you need to. Most of the really angry voices in Congress are totally faking it. These people who have built their brands around being perpetually outraged, it's an act. I've seen a bunch of examples. Here's one. I've been in committee meetings that are open to the press and committee meetings that are closed. The same people who act like maniacs during the open meetings are suddenly calm and rational during the closed ones. I don't like this guy. I don't like his approach at all. 
He's been there 100 days. Well, we've been watching this Congress very, very closely, the last Congress, the Congress before. And I don't think Matt Gates acts like a maniac in those committee hearings, do you? I think when he challenges our military leaders who lost a war in Afghanistan, he's doing a fantastic job. The same goes for Marjorie Taylor Greene. These people, if you actually listen to them, are not maniacs. They're very, very smart and they're committed. And there's a lot to be angry about. Oh, by the way. Uh, oh, and here's Lauren Boebert. Is this a maniac? America is tired of rhetoric and they want results. This isn't chaos. This is a constitutional republic at work. I'm a mom of four boys. I know what chaos and dysfunction looks like. This is actually a really beautiful thing to be here with all of my colleagues debating, just as the gentleman from Montana said. Yeah. We Isn't have that great? I mean, they, this guy's a member of Congress, and the caricatures that he read about back home, he brought his stereotypes and prejudices with him to Congress. Next. What I've seen is that members of Congress are surrounded by negative incentives. There are rewards for bad behavior. You know what the big one is? Being able to reach you. The big thing that modern media and modern politicians have learned is that if they can keep you angry, they'll hold your attention. Well, there are bigger stakes here, bigger stakes. I don't know if he's been following current events, but we lost a war in Afghanistan, and people are genuinely upset about that. People in Congress, the American people, uh, less so because the media wants to forget about this and cover it up. Uh, the border is open. Uh, perhaps he thinks that they're all phonies who uh, find this troubling, but we're not. And how about the transgender people who want to hang out with children? That's a problem. And people are genuinely, righteously upset about it. And hey, if you want to get on social media and attract attention to an issue that needs to be addressed, that's a good thing. Anyway, a little bit more from Congressman Nobody. So going forward, when you hear some enraged member of Congress say something absurd, your first question shouldn't be, how can they possibly believe that? It should be, do we think they actually do? Because they probably don't. Wow. He's a mind reader, huh? He sees into the soul of everybody. Well, I've been around some of these members of Congress, the ones he's talking about, the ones who make a big splash on social media, and they're also in, in committee, and they're great people. And oh, by the way, very reasonable. You can actually do business with them, and they're not saying crazy things in these hearings. All right, last word from Congressman Nobody, and this is forever, by the way. But here's something good. What I love about this, about communicating with you directly, is that the incentives are different. They can be positive. They can be about speaking to you with respect and real information and in a normal tone of voice. Because if I can talk to you directly, I don't have to yell. Mm, okay, I'll say this respectfully. Uh, you're Congressman Nobody. You just said those people uh, don't believe in what they're saying. That's offensive to them and actually to me. These issues are real. And you're the good guy, right? Because you don't, I don't know, because you're boring on social media. All right. Congratulations. You made a splash today. Go back to obscurity. And uh, who knows, maybe he's president of the United States someday. Am I going to have to eat these words? I don't think so. I'll be right back. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. 
European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, combat. It is uh, one hell of an experience, and it can really mess people up. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, it's real. Now, fortunately, well, the military tried to combat it. Now the rest of society kind of understands it's a problem. Uh, Tim Murphy was a, a U.S. Navy psychologist on, on duty in the U.S. Navy Reserve for eight years. He also was a member of Congress, and he's uh, out with a new beautiful book. It's called The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. Congressman Murphy, uh, welcome back to Newsmax. And this book is published by Humanix right here at Newsmax. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Good to see you, Colonel. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so look, tell us about the biblical approach. I know you got a couple of things here, but the biblical approach to treat PTSD. A lot of people are popping pills and right. doing all kinds of other things, but uh, that sounds like the way to go, the biblical way. Well, people do take medication which can, which can help change your feelings. It doesn't change how you think or behave. And some people are trying hallucinogens and other aspects there. Other things can help, fitness programs, intensive fitness programs. But look, for thousands of years, what has appeared evident and what research is telling us is those who have a stronger religious and spiritual connection do better. The prognosis is much better. Those who go to the VA, for example, two years out, may still have significant symptoms, so they still have the diagnosis of PTSD. What I found in my work in the Navy and my civilian life and working with veterans and first responders is this aspect that when people recognize they're part of something bigger and they recognize that forgiveness can come from their relationship with God and they don't have to feel shame and they can have faith and trust and grace and love that's there even at the times of their biggest doubts, not only soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines, but our first responders and really the vast majority of the population, which at some time in their life will face some traumatic event, do not have to suffer with this forever. That doesn't have to be a sentence of doom over them. And faith is a huge part of this. And I wrote this book because, quite frankly, there wasn't a book of this type uh, in dealing with my own issues of depression and struggles. I looked at the life of the Apostle Paul, who had a horrendous list of traumatic events happen to him, but he didn't have PTSD. And I wanted to know why. And this book talks about that with a model that people can use in their own lives, not just those who are broken, but the people who love them as well, because a lot of times those struggling don't want to talk about it. They don't want to admit anything. So the spouses and families can benefit from this book to learn about that, too. 
So our society seems to be moving away from religion. You've seen recent polls. It's, uh, it's, that's very depressing because I do think it's the ultimate answer. Can I ask you, though, in the military, um, you were in for quite a while, from 08 to 17. Was it fading from view for the folks in the military? Quite frankly, when I was in, you know, the chaplain, you know, was somewhere on base. Maybe you saw him, maybe you didn't. It depended. You had to make the first step. But it wasn't a place where, in my experience, religion thrived. How about in yours? Well, there is fewer and fewer chaplains in the military. We need more. Um, but if people grow up in an agnostic or atheist approach, they, uh, they don't necessarily look to that. Yet we know that uh, military will trust the chaplain more than anybody else because the chaplain doesn't put things on your medical record. There is a great value for that. And unfortunately, when you hear things like a Walter Reed, they're talking about pulling the, the friars out of there. Uh, I know it's a value. And I know this. Whenever I ask one of my clients uh, whether or not they're a believer or whether or not they have religion, would they still like to have the benefit of learning about biblical stories? They say yes. Something about two, 3,000 years of history has benefit to it of people who suffered and became stronger through it, not just survived it. Those are great lessons which we need to learn through this. Well, what an important and beautiful book. Uh, congratulations. And, you know, you know that Sunday night feeling we used to get uh, yeah. about the week ahead? People don't talk about this. I started reading the Bible. That evaporated. Sunday nights feel like Friday nights, and it can really work. Um, uh, Tim Murphy, let's put the book cover up, and we'll tell people how they can get it. The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. Uh, and we've got some details here. Congressman, many, many thanks. And, well, you got it right there. Christ Cures, 511.com and 800-682-0694. Here it is. Goodbye, Congressman. Same information. And um, let's have him back. This is very, very important. Much appreciated. And I'll be right back. All right. So have you heard about this secret Chinese police station in New York? What's going on with that? And there may be in other cities as well. I was worried about China with China in China. Now China is coming to America in a very weird and sinister way. Uh, they made some arrests. Oh, by the way, American citizens uh, were taken into custody. This individual, who happens to be big friends. Yeah, here are some of the charges. Conspiracy to act as an agent of the Chinese government, obstructing justice. And when he's not doing this stuff, apparently he's friends with big time Democrats. Here he is with Eric Adams and Chuck Schumer is known to have been giving money uh, to some of these uh, individuals. Well, what does it all mean? Let's bring in Blaine Holt, Brigadier General, uh, retired U.S. Air Force, and also one of our uh, favorites, Gordon Chang, great scholar, lawyer and author of two very important books on China. Gordon, first to you, uh, this is very weird. I didn't know they were doing anything like this. Did you have your suspicions? Well, you know, it's not only that one that you showed. There's six others, at least according to reporting from Safeguard Defenders, which is the Spanish NGO, and others, New York Post. The one thing, Greg, that we're not hearing this from the FBI. And this shows that it's been bottom-up pressure from the American people that have forced the Biden administration to actually go through with these arrests. And that's got to be distressing because it means that the defense of the American Republic is your show and others. It's not the FBI. It's not the Oval Office. And therefore, American people are now in charge of their own protection. 
That's pretty wild because, and we know the Biden administration, when they came in, Blaine Holt, they wanted, the signal was, let's back off China. They did that in very specific ways. Right. And, and now we, we probably know why. The laptop is real. It's in the New York Post. They've got all kinds of deals with China. We're getting more and more on bank records coming in. And this is pervasive throughout the entire administration. And there are elements on both sides of the aisle, Greg, that put up with this. Um, the only reason that the FBI is taking action is because safeguard defenders highlighted it. And, and then they got pressure from the public if you look at the Chinese balloon incident, it wasn't our government that told us about that. We would have never found out about it. It was Montana farmers and airline pilots uh, alerting us. And, and then down at the southern border where fentanyl kills 100,000 Americans a year, uh, we have citizens down there and our own CBP agents who are whistleblowers saying we, we've got to stop this. So who's compromised and how bad is it? And, and gosh, let's take care of it now. Isn't that amazing? Hey, um Let's see here. Oh, uh, KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre, had nothing to say about this, but in a curious way. Let's take a look. Okay, on China, China is setting up police stations in the U.S. There's, why is it taking so long for President Biden to call Xi and tell him to cut it out? We have said over and over again that the president intends to call uh, President Xi. I don't have a, a call to read out to you at this time. Cut it out. I think that was a nod to uh, the Obama administration and their calls to cut it out, Russia. Um, he boasted about how tight he was with Xi. He should be calling him, right? I mean, what, what else would you call? Uh, Gordon. Yes, and, and let's remember that there are a lot of things that Biden has not raised with Xi Jinping. For instance, uh, coronavirus, which has killed more than 1.1 million Americans after six phone or video calls and one in-person meeting last November, um, Biden has yet to raise this issue with China. Um, so whether we're talking about spy balloons or we're talking about uh, these police stations or other activities that China has been conducting in our country, which grossly violate our sovereignty, you know, the president has just gone missing. And Gordon, you know, it's funny. I, you worked at NATO. I, I was actually surprised to learn that these calls are planned weeks, sometimes months in advance, and there are 85 people on the phone. You know, like I kind of thought that leaders could get on the phone and, you know, just start talking to each other, especially after Joe boasted about how chummy he was with President Xi. They don't, it doesn't work that way, huh? Well, it, it doesn't work that way at NATO headquarters anymore. I can tell you that. Those things are usually all orchestrated and scripted. But where have you seen any elements that we've been engaging in diplomacy in the last two years? We're looking at a foreign policy team that has nothing but 100 percent failures, going back to the first uh, uh, engagement with China uh, in Alaska and then Kabul, a deterrable war. Uh, and endless fallout that comes from that. And now the newest, which is de-dollarization afoot. And uh, China's just recruiting country after country with nothing but baggage and resentment towards the United States. And no one's engaging diplomatically. You know, here's an idea. Why don't we tell China um, we're going to be buying 200,000 acres of your most arable land and we're going to put uh, six police stations in your country just to kind of keep an eye on things and see how that goes. That's uh, this is really weird. This is very disturbing. And Gordon, like the, the media just kind of takes it. Joe Biden is kind of on his own. How likely is it? I mean, it seems like it's increasing every day uh, that China is going to take over Taiwan. I won't be shocked if it happens tomorrow. Uh, will you be? Sorry, Greg, I didn't hear that. But 
is that uh, China has taken Biden's and they believe that he is not in a position um, to have the strength to oppose China. And so they felt, you know, that they could fly that spy balloon over the U.S. And, and that shows the utter disrespect that China has for us. And we have seen that in so many other ways, including these police stations. So whether we're talking about one thing or the other, China believes it can do what it wants. And that's extremely dangerous when a militant regime believes that it can get away with things with, with impunity. Finally, General Holt, our mil give me an assessment of the Chinese military. I know they've got some fancy stuff, but they also have some crummy stuff. Uh, just your overall assessment. How good are they? Yeah, this is still our saving grace. Besides the Chinese CCP destroying its own economy, uh, the Chinese PLA would be terrified of Taiwan at this point in time. They don't have a very good handle on joint arms, command and control, um, combined arms, but they're catching up and they're investing a lot of money. Um, and they have quantity and size. They certainly have those things, but they're much more talented at hybrid warfare, cyber clandestine operations, uh, and the types of things that we see playing out every day. But, but right now, we still have uh, the mark on them militarily. All right. Well, as far as man caves go, General Blaine, you win. Looks like the most <laughs> awesome uh, stuff you got on the wall. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Gordon, it looks like a very serious conference center, and uh, that's okay, too. Uh, maybe we'll flip the camera around next time. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. Hey, do me a favor. Check out Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Some great stuff up there. And uh, Blaine Holt, you got to up your Twitter game, but uh, it's at Blaine underscore Holt, at Blaine underscore Holt. Thank you both, and I'll be right back. Donald Trump, when he was arrested a couple of weeks ago, totally insane. It outraged uh, a good chunk of the American people and a good chunk of Congress. They are asking questions, demanding answers. They have subpoenaed uh, an attorney who may have been the driving force behind all of this. His name is Mark Pomerantz, a bitter ex-federal prosecutor who hates Trump by his own admission. He hates Trump and uh, would study night and day, find a way to possibly get him. One guy he got, unfortunately, was Alan Weisselberg. Donald Trump's um, uh, financial advisor for many years at the Trump Organization. I hear that Weisselberg actually just got out of Rikers Island, totally trumped up charges. He was, it was just so sad. And listen to how Mark Pomerantz actually plotted to get him. This is, this has got to be unethical behavior, if not illegal. It's from his own audio book, Mark Pomerantz. Take a listen. Discussed calling Weisselberg's lawyer to fire a warning shot over his bow. We could say that we might be coming after Weisselberg without specifying what we had on him, which was very little at that point, in the hope that he would get scared and fall into our laps as a witness. Yeah, tough guy, huh? Trying to scare people on no evidence. Very little at that point. Well, uh, this man is in for perhaps the... I don't know. The ultimate uh, accountability session. He's been subpoenaed and he's due before Congress at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I will be watching. All right. The fake news. They love to talk about Trump, but they never show you what Trump is actually talking about, what he's saying. And he puts out lots of policy proposals, lots of observations, some political, some uh, deeply impertinent and relevant. Uh, he put out a bunch on Trump 
Truth Social today, and uh, let's take a look. Failed district attorney Alvin Bragg shut down New York City, brought in 38,000 NYPD officers, and will spend an estimated $200 million in New York City funds for something that everybody says isn't even a crime. It's nothing. And yet you have murderers walking all over the street, drug dealers. You have everybody walking all over the street, criminals, violent criminals. $200 million that is going to go over absolutely no crime. You know, I hear people sometimes say, well, white collar crime is still a crime. Well, you have to have a victim. <laughs> There's no fraud here. None. Zero. Anyway, uh, no one lost money, that kind of thing. Terrible, terrible case. Uh, but there's more from President Trump. 80% of the public think that your former president, Donald J. Trump, me, is being treated very unfairly for political reasons and due to the fact that he is leading in all of the polls. 80% of the people agree with that. I say these prosecutorial scams and hoaxes are all about election interference, and Republican leadership must get tough and must be smart. But we're not going to have a country left. Thank you. Who disagrees with this? I'm totally on board. Next. When you see rhinos, Carl Rove, Bill Barr, or Paul Ryan on your television screen, just turn to a different station or turn it off. Turn off that set as fast as you can. You're frankly better off watching Democrats. They are the worst. All right. A little bit of bar does come on television uh, a lot these days. OK, one more. So when will they be looking at the Biden documents, many of which were brought in from Chinatown and then sent to Boston? Is this why China paid him and Hunter millions and millions of dollars? What about the classified documents laying on the floor of his unsecured garage, the one with the Corvette or at Penn or the get this 1,850 boxes in Delaware that they refuse to give up to the FBI or to NARA. I followed the Presidential Records Act, very important. Joe Biden didn't. He obstructed. I didn't. Trump-hating prosecutor Jack Smith, a lunatic, should go get Biden for what he did. He's very guilty. I'm not. Very guilty indeed. I love it. This is one of the reasons why the left hates him, because he's saying bold things that you're not supposed to say. You can't say that. You can't call attention to Joe Biden's corruption. President Trump has a book coming out next week, Letters to Trump. Uh, fascinating. I've actually seen a couple of previews. I haven't seen the book itself, but letters from Richard Nixon, Oprah Winfrey, they're in the book, and it should be pretty cool. Thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow.